All right, we are back with another podcast. We're going to be talking about week two, and I'm joined by the usual suspects. Dan, how are you doing this week? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? Well, you know, not too bad. Feeling pretty good about the team, and it was a good week, and I can't complain about avoiding the injury bug. And our our third member to this tripod, Nick Ruth, how are you doing? I'm good. Team finally showed up, suffered some injuries, but I think everyone did, so I can't complain too much. Right on, right on. Well, I think, well, let's just jump right into it. I mean, once again, I think the big uh, takeaway from this past week, too, was the injuries. We saw two, I mean, Hall of Fame quarterbacks get injured. Ben Roethlisberger's out for the year, and Drew Brees is out for, at the very least, six weeks. Um, he just had surgery, I think, tomorrow, and until they he does that, there's no exact timetable. So obviously, in a super flex league with quarterbacks, this has pretty big ramifications. The first one I think we need to talk about is Big Ben because he's definitively out for the year. So Chris currently is rostering Big Ben. He is now down a quarterback. Um, and he's one of the teams that right now would be in the playoffs. So let's, I guess, just talk about Big Ben disappearing for the season. How do you guys think that affects the Steelers' offense? Mason Rudolph is going to be scheduled to start. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, I think you watch James Conner pick up a little bit of value, uh, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, Juju's going to do Juju things, but I think overall the offense takes a hit. I don't think there's, there's we won't see it a kind of challenge like Big Ben gives out of Mason Rudolph if he's to start. I think mean, he comes out a little bit, um, but I think you you watch everybody definitely taking it other than maybe James Conner. If he's not healthy, Jalen Sanders will step right up to his place. What about you, Nick? Any early thoughts with that injury? Well, my initial thoughts is Juju's taking a big hit. Conner's going to take a bit of a hit because there's probably going to be more guys in the box. Yep. But I think Curtis Samuel actually gets a big bump. They played Ooh. college ball together. Not Curtis Samuel, um, James Washington. Yes. They played college ball together. Last two preseasons, Washington has been a stud with Mason Rudolph feeding the ball. That is true, but... I'm going to go and make my bold prediction of James Washington, just like my bold prediction last week of Marcus Robinson, who had 31 points in the first half. You are the wide receiver whisperer, apparently. I think so. I got something going here. Well, if I could have people stay healthy, I'd be a lot better. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's talk about Mason Rudolph, because... This doesn't really affect Dynasty, but the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, a first-rounder. I think, you know, prior to that trade, we probably thought, all right, maybe they're going to take a step back and playoffs might not be an option. But when you move your first-round pick, that's got to be a pretty, or at least I perceive that to be a confidence booster in Mason Ru- Mason Rudolph and this entire team. Uh, do you think that Mason Rudolph maybe could step in and maybe actually elevate this offense? Is there a chance at all? Because just to be honest, Big Ben has looked like crap these first two games. Now, I know it's some of its matchup, and then he left this game early, but it's not like he was lighting the world up to begin with. Is, is there... I, I don't see what you have to lose from an offensive perspective. I think anybody, I mean, they, the Steelers took him with confidence, trading the first-round pick says we're not taking another guy next year to, to look at replacing Big Ben. I think this is a huge boost over. I think he goes in there with a little bit of confidence, a little bit of a little bit of swagger, a little bit of big dick syndrome, and I think he I think he gets it taken care of. Yeah, it's hard to know. I haven't seen much of Mason Rudolph in the Oklahoma State. How he's gonna go to an NFL and NFL beat conclusion. Especially because preseason you're just seeing everything going out. It's really hard to tell. I think Probably they don't have much tape on him. It's going to be like Gardner's Minshew's first game where he's set the world on fire. Once they get a little more tape on him, it'll fall into the Mayfield range now where he doesn't look very good. Well, all I know is they've 
Got a deceptively tough matchup against the 49ers. Their defense looks to be very improved with a pretty strong secondary I'm and a good pass rush. I'm going to be very curious to see how this team looks this, this week. Um, I kind of agree with all you guys that it definitely takes everyone down a notch, but I think there's a slim hope that Mason Rudolph could actually be, I don't know, mid to late teens in terms of quarterback rankings just with the offense he has around him, Um, which kind of brings us to sort of our next point with Drew Brees being out injured. Um, Adam was the person that rostered Drew Brees, but he also has the fortune of having Mason Rudolph. So he loses a QB but gains a QB for the entire year. So that's good for him. Um, But the Saints offense, obviously, it starts with Drew Brees. He's the Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, one of the maybe top five or seven QBs of all time. And, you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and co. all has to take a hit, right? Nick? Yeah, I mean, I'd say Michael Thomas and Kamara, they're still elite. They're still going to put up numbers. Kamara is a safety valve. So I think his numbers will still be pretty good. They're going to take a hit overall, not as many goal line opportunities, not as many touchdowns, most likely. But any supporting cast in that team is dead. But they just marry goal line back, no way. Cook, tight end, no chance in hell. These slot, small wide receivers, nope. Only people I even worry about is just Thomas and Kamara from there. What about you, Dan? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say that, I mean, obviously anything from from a guy like Drew Brees is going to hit, but I don't think there's much of a fall-off. I think Teddy Bridgewater can step into this offense, understanding this is his second year that he's watched part of this play, and I think he steps in and produces. I see, I see a very well-run offense. I think that they treat Teddy Bridges, Bridgewater just like they treat Drew Brees. Casey uh, Wall will continue to do his thing, so he'll give me part of the pressure, but I think... I think Bridgewater adds a different dynamic to it where he is running capability. But Bridgewater still has a very decent arm. He looks like he responded well from the knee injury. I'm, I'm all aboard the Teddy Bridgewater train. I don't think it takes much of a step back. But, I mean, if you want to freeze Bridgewater, that's, that's a given. It's going to step down again. Right. I mean, that's you know kind of a good segue. I mean, with Teddy Bridgewater, the Saints – well, maybe particularly Sean Payton, seemed to be real big believers in him. They traded for him last year to make him the backup. This last offseason, apparently he had a very sizable offer from the Dolphins and a clear path to starting, but Sean Payton and the Saints talked him to come back and made him the highest-paid backup quarterback in the league. Um, and he's also the guy that is starting right now. It's not Taysom Hill. Like He's still going to have his own separate jack-of-all-trades. So they believe in him. And, you know, Sean Payton is certainly someone that you have to respect when he makes a decision like that. But I think you're a little bit too confident in this situation, Dan. I mean, I don't know. It's it's not like... I I like Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm just not sure about how this whole offense is going to operate, especially when it was... Even with Breeze, it was just Michael Thomas and Kamara and everyone else. And now the downgrade from Drew Breeze to Teddy Bridgewater is, whether it's small, whether it's big, it's it's a downgrade. And I just worry about how this whole team is going to function. I think you're going to maybe have to commit a little bit more to the run. So I don't know if Latavius Murray is going to be an afterthought. Maybe we'll see them kind of return to... The Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram-esque offense that we saw last a year or two ago. But, I mean, and, and how about, of course, the funniest thing of all this. Sam lucks into another starting quarterback for potentially all of the, or the rest of this fantasy season until the playoffs. He goes from no quarterbacks to Jacoby Brissett. We traded, and now Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, better to be lucky than good, I guess, sometimes. Well, let me... back in the two quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, if it works, it works, man. Yeah, that's the truth. So, all right, gun to your head for both you guys. 
Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph. Who is the more successful fantasy quarterback the rest of this year? Dan, I'll start with you. Bridgewater. Nick? I go the other way. I say Rudolph. I'm going to say Bridgewater too, but I think both will probably surprise people a little bit. All right, so let's move on. We're going to do a fun segment that everyone knows called Buy or Sell. And the first thing I want to talk about is probably the biggest surprising team in the league, in my opinion, and that would be Franchise 12 or Adam. He's not only undefeated at this point, he's putting up a ridiculous amount of points. Let's see, he's averaging 166 points a game, which is good for first place. He's earned all six victory points. He's got a very great number and potential points which would put him second overall in the league. And he's led by, of course, we know Patrick Mahomes, but he's also got Tom Brady, Chris Carson's doing well. He's got Austin Eckler. He's got that Juju guy who's kind of disappointed. He's definitely got a squad, but is this a team that is not only maybe a playoff contender, is it the favorite? Dan, I'll start with you. Oh, man, that's... You got nothing to go against it right now. I mean, Mahomes is doing Mahomes things. If, if Brady looks absolutely amazing, you back into Mason Rudolph, he gets Carson and Eckler for me in a trade. It, it, it's hard. It, like at this point, kind of do his wide receivers hurt him a little bit? Does Juju take a step back? Does, you know, with Eli Manning sitting at Daniel Jones starting with Golden Tate comes back, is that a boost potentially? Um, I think he lives and dies in the wide receiver tight end position. If he gets the production that he needs to out of the the three people that he has to start, no matter what, out of those three positions, I think he could I think he could do it. I think it's a, I'm a buyer. I think his team takes care of what he needs to as long as everybody stays healthy. Yeah, and I mean we didn't you didn't mention him, but Emmanuel Sanders, he's right now a top five scoring wide receiver and he obviously had the Raiders to start off, which kind of looked like an easy matchup, but the Bears are a tough team, and he did very well this past week against them. And for a guy that's coming off an Achilles injury, he's either founding, or he found the fountain of youth or the fountain of HGH. I don't know what it is, but he's lighting the world up. Nick, what do you think when you look at this team? Um, bye. Cautiously. Okay. Well, I'm can put up insane numbers. We all have to know Brady can run one of the best running offenses in the league. Mahomes is a freak of nature. Not much to say there. Carson with a two costly fumble? Do they go with a timeshare? He has both. That is, yep. It could hurt. Eckler, you have to imagine Gordon's going to come back this year. He's not going to just forfeit a year. He has to come back to become a free agent. But we said that again about Bell. Mm-hmm. But there's a little different situation since he's not franchise tag. He is under contract. Yep, he has to come back. I think it's, what, no later than week yeah, 11? Week 7 or week 8 or something like that. Okay. So towards the end of the um, year, end of the fantasy yeah. year, excuse me. So that could take a huge hit. Um, but he also could get Kareem Hunter. It's, it's a lot of unknowns. And they're producing right now, which is fantastic. He's getting the lead that he needs. And wide receivers. I said Juju was going to take a big hit with Mason Rudolph. I firmly believe it. And then you're relying on Tate Sanders and Corey Davis. Corey Davis, through two weeks, has six points. It's not great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on that. Sanders is top five. But it's Flacco. And mm-hmm. if teams learn, hey, we shut down Sanders, they're screwed, that could be huge. And Dan McDonald, that's a guy that's good offense. Two of his touchdowns were with Mason Rudolph, so maybe he feeds the tight end. Yeah. But I think there's bigger question marks that wide receiver room. I'm not buying that. So do you think he needs to make a trade? Is there a trade that is workable for him he's definitely got a lot of running backs and you know depending on this Drew Brees 
knows he could have, you know, four starting quarterbacks this year. Yeah, he's got draft picks. He's got... I mean, Noah Fan could be a nice piece. Yeah, I mean, he could easily trade for a wide receiver. You're not looking for a top-size stud, but you're looking for that middling, you know, like... A Sammy Watkins from Sean? Yeah, I mean, you also have a few from Sean, yeah. Noah fan for Sammy Watkins. story, but... Yeah. You don't know. So... Yeah, I think you could trade with some of those running backs. you got a small That's a fair point. So, okay, so Dan, it sounds like you're buying him as a contender. And, like, potentially... Well, okay, it sounds like you guys both buy him as a contender. Yes or no question, is he the favorite in the league? Dan? No. Nick? I'm with you guys. I, I, you know, I, I, res- I think Adams made a lot of great moves, and you got to give him props for that. But I think right now there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors going on, and I think he's definitely cemented himself as a playoff contender, and maybe you know very likely to make the playoffs. I just, I can't say he's the favorite. I think, like Nick, you kind of alluded to that wide receiver core is sketchy at best and his running back situation it's gonna get murkier and while he does have some backup to secure that murkiness it could actually be more of a a harmful thing than a helpful thing depending on how some of those situations go all right so sticking in the dc division let's talk about three teams that I all thought would make the playoffs. And as you know, I'm apparently the kiss of death. Dan, Steve, and Stefan, all if the playoffs started today, would not be in the playoffs. It would be Adam, Chris, and who's the last one? Kevin. Kevin, So for those three teams, and Dan, I'll start with you, should there be some panic between you, Steve, and Stefan? Um, I don't think I have a lot of panic, which is personally for myself. I think I'm concerned. Um, I've watched, you know, Kirk Cousins go off for eight points, CMC go off for seven. I didn't think that Cam Newton could have that big of an impact on him, but potentially he could. Um, I think the guy that's in real trouble right now is Steph, and I don't, I, there's just not something going right with this team as far as a molding and meshing standpoint. Um, you know, I, I think Steve and I are in the concerned area, but I think Stefan's in panic mode. Like, panic mode, he needs a trade, or, like, where are we putting panic this on mode, the... He needs to figure out, what am I going to do if I'm not going to start accumulating more points or, you know, scoring more points off my team immediately. I need to, to change my, my outlook and start trying to reap the benefits of these guys needing position players as soon as possible. Fair enough. So maybe shift into a seller. Nick, what... Yep. Nick, what do you think? Um, I'd say out of the three, definitely probably in the worst situation. Um, these quarterbacks, that's good. Um, definitely, yeah. The biggest concern on this team, I'd say, again, is the running back. He's got Chubb and Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. Ronald Jones is hurt. Or not Ronald Jones, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is hurt. Is there... He might not even play. What, what is exactly going on with him right now? Uh, hamstring. Okay. He's got a hamstring tweak, and the running back of the hamstring tweak is lingering. Mm-hmm. The hill injury got it up. That was huge. He had him as his ace, and then you had the fold injury, Kurt Beatty. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams battling the knee, but he balled out. So it, he's in a tough spot. Definitely the injury bug hit him hard. Yeah, it absolutely did. But, I mean, at the same time, too, can he potentially weather the storm for another four to five weeks? And then he's got Melvin Gordon and Tyree Killback. I mean, just look at look at the first two weeks, man. Sean scored 180 points week one. Mm-hmm. Didn't break 100 week two. Nope. 
it's been a weird first two weeks, and I feel like quarterback injuries the first two weeks, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. It's absolutely absurd. There's what we're down like six quarterbacks if you factor in Andrew Luck's retirement. Yeah, and that affects every position player. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just what this year is going to be. It's going to just be a lower scoring year since all most big names lost competing in the ball, and then big name running backs are now more in the box. Yeah. So. Dance, you know, maybe suggested that he should sell. I mean, from your perspective, Nick, if you were in Stefan's shoes, do you do a panic, not a panic trade, but a trade to try to win? Or do you maybe take a step back as well? Or do you maybe just do sometimes the best answer, but it's often the hardest, stand pat? Yeah. With his position, injuries, his roster... And the draft picks he has next year, mm-hmm. this year could suck, but he's got a good franchise. That he does. Maybe not a good redraft, but he's got the good bones that he can compete next year, maybe when people are healthy. But he probably could weather the storm. He did say that you know, it's probably the toughest division. Mm-hmm. But I think. There's some room for Johnson, and especially if he gets Gordon back, that changes everything. Gordon and Hill back, he's fine to fix it. Right. I mean, that's so that's the funny thing. He's missing two pretty much, what, first-round picks? If they were healthy, they would be in redraft. Yeah, and you figure now, everyone knows Emmanuel Sanders is a big target. Mm-hmm. Gordon Sutton should get left cottage. Every wide receiver on Philly died. That should get 20 targets a game. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they said Alshon's out 2-3. to three. They said Jackson's out 2-3. to three. Or is he going to get 15 to 20 targets? He's and definitely going to get fed. Last week. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think, from my perspective, I think standing pat is probably the smartest course of action for Stefan, at least for another week or two. Then maybe you can take a step back. The only panicky maybe trade to maybe possibly consider is if you're Stefan, shoot Sean a text, and you maybe be like, so Alvin Kamara, what if I give you, like, I don't know, Melvin Gordon... McCole, Hardman, and I don't know. Um, something small. Certainly not Dante Montage. That dude is <laughs> stupid fail in Pittsburgh. Right. If you look up fail wide receiver in the dictionary, it's a picture of Dante Moncrief because he is wasting all his targets. And James Washington and Deontay Johnson are crying themselves to sleep. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. And in the Marvel division, it's while the, the DC division has kind of had things turned upside down from what we start, thought it would go like to start the year, the Marvel division has kind of gone according to plan. Um, myself and Nick, you know, are seemingly off to a good start. And Jerry, Sam, and Sean, well, Jerry and Sam at least are kind of sniffing glue at the bottom of the division. And Sean, you know, like has been mentioned, had the top scoring week last in week one and didn't even crack 100 in week two. And then Zane's just kind of by default chilling in third place. So let's talk a little bit about Zane. Is he still the lock hands-on favorite to have the third seed or the third, you know, playoff spot in this division? I'll start with you now, Nick. I'm going to say no. I think with the injuries and luck retiring, it shifted towards Sean. Mainly because Patrick Mahomes likes Sammy Watkins. So that means he could put 30 points up again. Yep. Alvin Kamara and Siri should carry the Orleans. And Devin Singletary is So TJ Alvin may actually put up a fight. That might be a little bit too ambitious. 
Yep. He's definitely got the wide receiver core. I mean, yeah. The cutback situation's ugly. Yeah, he he needs he needs another running back. He needs a tight end, I think. But he can get those on the cheap. Cohen, Cohen and Sanders aren't doing anything. Right. So it's it's tough. I think it's going to be a close match, and maybe Evan Ingram is the winning factor since he gets the 23rd of the game, too. Yeah. I don't know. Dan, what do you think? Those two are going to be a fun fight. Fair enough. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I think they need a little bit of help to, to try and stay upright. I mean, when you look at Zane's running backs, he has five receivers that have scored better so far than any of his wide receivers, any of his running backs. Yeah, his best running back right now is Frank Gore. Three Cohen looks lost in the Bears' offense, and I think they're continuing to go David Montgomery routes and mm-hmm. on those big goal line carries. They're going, they're going the the other way. Ingram's been his shining moment, and I think Ingram continues to take a boost now that Daniel Jones starter. Um, it's never a good sign when Joe Flacco scoring more points than Aaron Rodgers does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't man. I disagree. Very, That's very I disagree. That's a great sight. Yeah. Good for a better fan. Not great if we both on your team. Fair enough. Sorry, Dan. Continue. No, I'm good, man. That's, uh, part of me gets worried. Part of me looks at things roster and looks at the points that are being put up currently through the first two weeks. And, and I look at myself like I look at, you know, same looks at his roster probably like I'm sure I look at O.J. Howard and you go, what the absolute hell is going on? Right. I guess for me, just the hardest thing is Sam's not making the playoffs. Like, he's completely removed. I'm sure, you know, your old man Jerry would love to make the playoffs, but I just don't know if he has the dogs right now to get it done. And then obviously that leaves Sean, and, you know, Zane obviously has holes, but Sean quite literally only has one running back and no tight ends. So, I I don't know. I still, I think it's still Zane and it's cut and dry. I guess I'm just disrespecting the other three teams that hard. But we will see how the coming weeks go. Maybe Sean will bounce back to that week one outcome. Alright, and the last buy yourself question for the week is... So obviously it's small sample size alert and come December when we look back at these early scoring leaders, we're going to roll our eyes because some of them are going to be like head scratchers. How the heck they did that. And others are going to be like, oh yeah, of course, this guy just ran away with it. And as I was looking through the high scoring leaders for each position, quarterback, running back, and tight end stuck out with me. For quarterback, the highest scorer right now is Lamar Jackson. For running back, it is currently Austin Eckler. And for tight end, it is Mark Andrews. When you look at those three players, if you guys each had to pick one that would finish at the top of their position for scoring by the end of the year, which one would you go with? Dan, I'll start with you. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, the top there, I, I'll go out and I'll say Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean... He's a passing running back now. It's just all the stuff. I, I think if he can continue to throw the ball, um, if Hollywood Brown can stay healthy, he takes the top off the defense, and I'll take Jackson over the other two. All right. Nick? Yeah, I'm the cutter and complete opposite. I think this would be Mark Andrews. Eckler's going to lose his job, and Patrick Mahomes still plays football. Okay. I don't think... So this, this is more yeah, process alone. I think he'll have a game or two where he doesn't take care of the ball and Mahomes put up more points in one quarter than five or six quarterbacks have on the season. Mm-hmm. So I lose Andrews by default. 
Okay, I was going to say, it sounds like this is more a process of elimination to get to Mark Andrews than it is a, a stamp of confidence in him. Exactly. Okay. I mean, for me, I guess I would probably go Mark or Lamar Jackson if only because his rushing ability. He's like Josh Allen on steroids, but then a better passer. And that's a pretty insane combination. I obviously don't feel great about it because the schedule to start of the year has been pretty juicy with the Dolphins and the Cardinals. This week we have the Chiefs, and that's obviously an insane, awesome, fun matchup as a fan with Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. And I'm very curious to see that duel because I something tells me we're going to be in for a show, or at least I hope so. So I'll take Lamar Jackson, but Mark Andrews is close. He's definitely, I think, blossom into a, a weapon. And as an owner of his, I'm pretty excited to see that. And Austin Eckler, I think we all kind of agree it's a matter of when, not if, he takes a step back. All right, well then let's just jump into the Week 3 matchups. And we'll start with the most uneventful matchup. American Psycho, Sam, versus Flash Gordon, Stefan. Nick, why don't you do the honors of breaking this down? Flash Gordon, I... I'm still trying to move. It's hard to pick a name. Although he did put a perspective off this week, the last week. That he did. His wide receiver showed up. Okay. Yeah, that's because the Marcus Robinson, yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, do you have any thoughts? I mean, on this one. Uh, you gotta leave Flash Gordon starting starting Rivers and Goff over just the Wentz helps. And um, when you look at the fact that MDS has Hit or miss in there. Higby's not going to really pull what you need to. Jarwin's had a couple catches. Um, Cop takes a boost with, uh, oh, what's his face being out? I have him. And I, Michael Gallup. Yep. And yeah, I, I'll take Flash Gordon. Yeah, I'll go with Flash Gordon as well. I mean, unless Chris Godwin and Christian Kirk combine for like 40 points and Wentz gets him 30. Even then, I'm not sure that's going to be enough. Flash Gordon should get his first win of the year, and hopefully his offense can show out and he can get that added point because that's those are going to add up over the course of a season. Uh, our second matchup, which might also be equally uneventful, is Three Blind Mice, Jerry, versus Franchise 12 in Adam. Nick, would you like to continue your tradition? Franchise 12 is said he was possibly the league favorite, and Jerry now is averaging at least points per game. I gotta go Franchise 12. Dan? I would take Franchise 12 as well. I think just it's very interesting if Jim Newton loses, or is out, and Kyle Allen might get a shot, because I think Allen is a better option than I am Fitzpatrick right now. Um, Unless you watch guys like AJ Brown, Dave Jones, and DK Metcalf go absolutely ham, I don't think it's I don't think it's close. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick almost scored negative ten points with his performance last week. <laughs> That's kind of obscene. Like that is what is the percentage of his points? That's eighteen percent or something of hit. Three blind mice's entire point totals. Brian Fitzpatrick took away, or some uh, like less than eighteen yeah. percent, but something absurd. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I mean, he does have the running back. So Lavian Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and Aaron Jones could conceivably combine for over a hundred points, but uh, give me franchise twelve with a ninety percent chance of winning this game this week. Just too deep at running back, and the quarterbacks are just going to carry him. All right, the third matchup we have, and this one again is kind of uneventful. Um, under construction, Sean O'Neill versus Island of Misfit Toys, Dan Weber. Dan, how about you start us off with this one? Yeah, 
Howard this week. I'm going to go out and say that this is just a disaster zone of things if I, if I go that route. Um, hopefully McCaffrey has a bounce-back game. Uh, Lindsey will look good um, doing it, even though he didn't score as many points as Royce Freeman did. But I love the Josh Allen matchup. I love Cooper's matchup. I like Cousins to rebound. Um, but I don't know, man. I Yeah, me, I'm taking me. I think it's going to be... At least 17 points for the W, and I don't give you back with three points. You're good. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm taking Weber, mainly because Sean has one running back. <laughs> it's just hard to rebound from that. He's losing Alshon as well. I'm not a firm believer in Ross being a thing. Yep. Down Ross. Last week, just had that late, long touchdown save a week. Yeah, it was a garbage garbage time score, yeah. for sure. And the tight end position again hinders. So, with all those question marks, you got to go weather. Yeah, Dan, if you lose this week, there's going to be some alarms raised because that must mean that two or three players on your team got injured. All right, now I think it's- we... We start getting to some juicier matchups. We have Cold Steel and Sunshine, Chris's team, versus Nick's team, Captain Mayfield. I'll start this one out. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really, really close matchup. It was almost my pick for match for the week, but we'll get to the other one later. Um, I think for Cold Steel's team... If, if the question is, can Lamar Jackson keep rolling? Because if he can keep rolling and pushing out thirty points, I look at you know Peyton Barber. I think has a good matchup. I think T. Y. Hilton has a good matchup. I think his tight ends have a good matchup. The Cardinals have been god awful against tight ends, and I think Greg Olson could feast. But you know he still has some question marks. We don't know if Shady's going to play. Who are his backups going to be? If he has to substitute him in. For Nick's team, it looked like a strength to start the year, but the running back core is decimated. D- decimated and also a little bit underperforming. Um, Damian Williams obviously took a step back with the shady signing, but he's still been a little bit off. He's also injured. Kerryon Johnson has probably been one of the more well, he joins a few of the RB2s that have just been inconsistent. Devin Singletary looks like he's primed to break out, but the team is just refusing to pass or give up on the Frank Gore train. The wide receiver core is great. I mean, Keenan Allen is a man, and John Brown is great. Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans haven't been their usual selves, but you gotta feel that the results are coming. And for Mike Evans, a matchup against the Giants could be what the doctor ordered to cure those. And Jason Witten is old man Witten. He's good for six catches or he's good for a touchdown. And with those numbers, that's a recipe to win. Um, the only way, or I, I lean Nick in this matchup, but he's got some underperformers. And if they don't get right this week, I think there can be some serious question marks for the rest of the season because there's a lot of juicy matchups here, and you would expect to see some rebound. Dan, what do you think? Um, I think this gets all down to which lineup Vic wants to go with. I think that's a lot. Obviously, Baker's, Baker's there with Singletary and the question mark around the knee injury. Do we watch Nick go with... Potentially, and Eric Ebron, who found the end zone last year. Do we watch a Kenny Stills, potentially? A Terry McLaurin, who's had an absolute banner of a, of a year, but is it going to go through and do it? Does Goodwin have a good matchup? Um, will that help him offset part of the Jimmy Garoppolo point that Colston Sunshine's going to have to put up um, to replace Ben Roethlisberger? Is Gurley going to find the end zone a couple times? Um, what does Hilton look like? Is Olsen going to have and take advantage of that matchup? I think it all comes down to a mixed start the best lineup or, or place hunches on it. 
I'll take Nick maybe by a couple points, but it's going to be very, very close. All right, Nick, how you feeling? Not great. Not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> Singletary and Williams. I'm, there's not much clarity on what they're doing. If Williams plays and McCoy's out, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Singletary, I don't know if I'm going to go with. It looks like Nixon's healthy, so that's huge. If the Bills, which is a great defense, so that's a little tough. Um, and then the wide receivers. I just have to hope they play up to their potential. Gibbs and Evans are big to get, and I'm still winning, so that's good. I'm going to lean myself, but it's mainly going to come down to do I pick the right fill-in wide receivers. And that has been doing right so far, but knowing my luck, I'm going to miss when I actually need it. So... I don't leave myself, but I don't feel good about it. Well, going to those wide receivers, I'm just curious where your head's at with Terry McLaren. He's obviously... Absolute stuff, but he's going to Chicago. But we saw Emmanuel Sanders do dirty things to that Bears defense, and the, the Skins really trust Terry in... You know, in this offense, they have continued to make him a focal point, and he's continued to produce. At what point? It sounds like it's not quite there, but at what point is he must start for you? If he does something this week, he's must start this week. Honestly, the only reason he wouldn't is if probably Williams is healthy and McCoy's out. Right. Uh, but I'm. They're really just banking on Dak and Witten putting up about 100 points and still playing Miami. <laughs> they might be benched really after halftime. Like <laughs> so we'll see. Like I said, I leave myself, but I don't feel good. Fair enough. I think everyone looks and sees who Miami is playing and then prays that they have fantasy players going against them. This week it's the yeah, Cowboys. Next week, next week, Chargers. Rejoice. All right, um, let's move on to the next matchup. We have my team, my eyes, the goggles do nothing, versus Steve's team, Sauce. Dan, why don't you start with break it down? Yes, thank you, Nick. I was like, which quarterback sucks more for 300, please? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, is James Winston going to show up is the real question. I think that's... Literally all this matchup looks at is if Winston can come up and decide he wants to learn how to play quarterback, uh, I think this this goes soft as way. If Winston does get puts twelve points, I think this is all you think. Uh, Hollywood Brown has looked absolutely outstanding. Amari Cooper is done Amari Cooper things and only picks up an additional role with no uh, Michael Callum. Watson, if he can stay upright, is great, but I think if Winston shows up I'll take sauce. If Winston doesn't show up, it's, it's you all the way. Fair enough. Nick, what are you thinking? I'm bringing a lot of hinges on Winston. Uh, I don't like Winston, but I have to rely on him with Evans. I think the quarterback system is hard to pick up for aliens. I'll say it all year. Carson's numbers suck his first year in Arizona with aliens. So I think it's just a tough system. Uh, I don't think it's going to go well for him, so I'm going to leave you. But you also have a tough matchup. I mean, you got Connor going with all his quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the Bears offense is enough. They only had a great first game. I have not feel that I feel great with Mitch throwing the ball. That's going to hurt. Right. These wide receivers are insane. If Bridgewater has a brain, Thomas should get fed. <laughs> uh, I lean slightly you to the quarterback play, but it's a toss up. 
Um, it really comes down to just one of the running backs do something big. After the last two weeks, I put a lot of people in the box against Minnesota. There's no reason not to. <laughs> like, his cousin is terrible. He's not and great. And for Dalvin Cook putting up 160 a game, I don't know why he's not getting more. Well, did you see that Packer one? They had the line stacked, and he still broke it for 75 yards. Yeah. I mean, that kind of skews things, too. You look at them, it's, what, 19 rushes for 100, or for 75 yards. It's still a good game, but it's just like Barkley, though. You know, every handoff can do that one break. Right. But that's how some running backs are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's why... Get them, but I just don't feel good with that offense either. You've got a lot of offenses that are hurting. Pittsburgh's going to be hurting. Minnesota's offense, I'll bet it could. Bears offense. Yeah, I really mean just quarterback play, but I think this one could be a point either way. Yeah, I. I don't feel great about this matchup. I'm still actually debating if I want to start more tight ends. Right now I've got Mark Andrews in, but Darren Waller against the Vikings and TJ Hawkinson against the Eagles definitely has piqued my interest, especially when I look at Ellen Robinson and even the whole James Conner situation I'm not sure about. He could potentially even be out. I don't know. So I've definitely got some question marks, but it's... It's going to be a dogfight, and I don't know. I, I agree Jameis Winston is definitely a deciding factor on Sauce's side, but I also think Leonard Fournette, he's going on Thursday. He's definitely been getting the volume for the Jaguars, which is what you want to see in a running back, but it hasn't really translated to points. So uh, for my sake, I hope it doesn't happen this week, but... He's got a tough matchup against the Titans, so I'm very curious to see how he performs. Of course, in typical Dan fashion, I will pick myself, but I don't feel great about it. And that brings us to the matchup of the week, and that would be Zane, Z, versus Kevin tearing up the ACL. Nick, why don't you in-depthly break us down this week? get-right game for Rodgers. The guy got messed up at the end of the game. He didn't look too happy. I think he's going to make Vic Fangio a dish. Kevin's <laughs> um, going with the rookie quarterback, first start. How come his defense has been sneaky good? I they actually have. Mm-hmm. And Staff has been falling out, but then he's running into the Eagles' defense which takes away the run game, but dies to the pass. Maybe that's a big one. Um, I'm going to Yeah, I'm going to leave Zane. Maybe do the wide receivers. Actually, no, I'm going to leave Kevin. I don't like Zane's running back. <laughs> I think Kevin's running backs could do I'm looking at the rosters now. Yeah. I'm going to leave Kevin. All right. Dan, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I'll take Kevin. I think Daniel Jones outscores Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not together, wow. but I think Daniel Jones has a, has a good breakout game. I think he's the reason that they go through it and take care of business. Uh, like I said earlier, Cohen's been kind of lost in, in the Bears offense. Barkley, Henry, and Johnson uh, have all been outstanding in their respective offenses. Uh, I mean, obviously Beckham's Beckham, and Antonio Brown looked really good when, when he was playing with Tom Brady, which is encouraging. Uh, I'll pick Kevin. Uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty good one for me. Now, I want to touch base on the, the proclamation you made that Daniel Jones is going to outscore Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers. 
As I look at Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco's uh, scoring breakdown, the highest point total either one of them has is 15.6 points in a game. Do you think it's going to be a case of those two continuing to struggle and Daniel Jones just scores 18? Or do you think Daniel Jones is going to do something silly like 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, and score like 21 points or something? I think Daniel Jones breaks 20. Okay. Doesn't have what? He's got Barkley and Ingram. I, I, I think it's enough. I think it's enough. I think I think Lattimore is the guy that kind of fits for this. I think Lattimore uh, Lattimore gets in the end zone at least once, but I think Barkley gets in rushing and passing once. All right, I like the I like the the bold claim. We'll see if you can be Nost- Nostradamus like Nick was last week. I think for me, the matchup really comes down to Zane's wide receivers versus Kevin's running back and Daniel Jones. I think whichever five players in that combination scores more is going to be the winner for this week. I'm going to be the minority and I guess pick Zane to win this week. I think Odell is Odell shows out in prime time. I think Hopkins and that Houston team is going to rebound. And I think Debo is that that 49ers team is it, it's it's going to be a team that I think we're all going to start talking about more just from a real life perspective because their defense looks very 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 different and that offense is just it's not producing one like person outside of maybe Jimmy Garoppolo from a fantasy fantasy perspective. But they're just spreading the wealth, and I think Debo might have a big game, like over 15, 16 points. So I'll, I'll go with Zane, but it's going to be a very, very, very close game. All right, so that's in for episode four. Thank you all for putting up with another episode, and best of luck in week three. May your quarterbacks avoid the injury bug. <laughs>